Podcast. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me as always, the wonderful, fantastic, and absolutely vibrant Priscilla McKinney, the CEO, founder, and head mama bird over at Little Bird Marketing. Good morning, Priscilla. Good morning. How you are know you? I'm a morning person, right? You, you are, and it, uh, you know what? Uh, it's only because I like you so much that I get oh, up at this thanks. godforsaken hour. <laughs> We get so much done at this hour, though. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? It's like, yeah. it's it's crazy. I, I don't, seriously, I mean, the sun isn't even up here. So it's like completely dark when I get up to do these podcasts. I feel oh. so nocturnal. I, I love it, though. I love it. It's like there's no, there's um, nothing bothering you yet about the day. I feel like it's, don't you have that feeling, like that fresh start feeling? Sometimes I do, yeah. I mean, there. Uh, to be totally honest, yes, there are some mornings where I get up and I go, wow, I can get so much done today, and then uh, two hours later I'm sitting on the couch watching Netflix, and then I figure my day is done. Well, I was just on a girls' weekend this last weekend with Becca Davis and Amy Kramer, and Amy and I are totally morning people, and we had had a great night out, super fun, live music, and we go back to the hotel, and three of us are in a room, and you know we chit, 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 chat, and everything, and then we go to bed, and the next morning... We all, well, I would say we all wake up. Amy and I wake up, and Becca is like not a morning person, and it's just like she is so grumpy. And I, there's me and Amy, like I'm hugging Becca. Hi, I love you. I love you. <laughs> oh, we just messed with her endlessly. Oh, that's hilarious. See, good that's time. the times. That's the times I think when it's good to have your uh, camera phone at the ready because oh man capturing those moments are priceless i didn't think about that but i was just i was relishing the torture i was (laughs) yes (laughs) as i as i spewed my happiness all over her aura of grumpiness (laughs) (laughs) well can you believe it's like almost the end of the year i know i know it's so crazy and this is in a lot of ways it's my favorite time because i'm one of those weird people who love new year's resolutions right Right. And I'm so big on goals, and I know we podcast it about it a lot, but I love this time of year. I, I love the idea of kind of letting things come to a close, and I love the idea of looking back over your year and reviewing and giving yourself the credit for the work that you've done. Right. And just pausing and, and thinking about your successes. You know, goal setting sometimes can push you into a very negative. I didn't get this done. I get into that. I got to get this done. This is what has to be done, or else things are going to fall apart. Oh, you know, it can be very negative if that's where you let it go. But it is really important, and I love how my my team reminds me all the time, you know what? It's really important to stop and remember what did we do well this year. Right. I love that. I think coming at goals and setting routines and habits and looking at your next year as a success and planning for it to be a success is all starts from a place of recognition of what you've done and a place of gratitude that you got the chance to do it. And I've had a lot of gratitude moments lately because for end of the year for me is retainer review. Right. So I'm happy to say that all my clients who were on <laughs> this year are staying on next year. <laughs> and, you know, but that is huge. That is such a, it's a, it such is. a vote of confidence and it's such a, it also means those companies are growing. So that means that they're still in, they're still in it to win it and they're still looking at marketing and plans and they're still wanting to strategize. So that's amazing, but I cannot help but pause and just be grateful for these people who let me walk side by side with them. 
Yeah. You know, it's such a privilege. And in fact, one of my clients said something to me um, yesterday in a meeting wanting to go deeper with a particular strategic partnership. And I just said, man, before I even answer that, I said, I just want to tell you how flattered I am. <laughs> you know, you just have to come from that place of gratitude that people give you the chance. I work yes. really hard when someone gives me the chance. But someone's got to give you the chance. Right. <laughs> Right. Recognizing that and just being thankful for it is such a big part, in my opinion, of how you can put yourself in the right mindset for jumping beyond the platform you've created. Right. You know. Absolutely. Well, what are what are some of the? Uh, I'm I'm sure uh, you being the proactive person that you are, and that you're a morning person, you've got all your uh, your New Year's resolutions already done for 2016. Well, you know what's funny is they're not totally done, but I have been working on them quite a bit, um, and I will have them done. I have to present them to my team the last week. I think on the 28th is I present it to my team. So that'll be fun. And, yeah. uh, you know, we uh, in turn, I ask them in January to present back to me their goals, and it is the <laughs> subtitle is, or <laughs> why I deserve a seat on the Little Bird Marketing Bus. Right. Right. And we've talked about that a lot, and I do that every year, and we follow it by a big blowout New Year's party, which we always call the best year ever party. Nice. I like that. <laughs> and, you know, so it's like kind of creating ritual and, and experience and celebration, you know, around that. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, but um, oh, I did sweet. write down a couple of things. I actually wrote down eight things have really captured for me what it is going to be like in 2016 for me to have less stress right. amongst among the success. So I was thought we could talk about those today. Okay, perfect. And I hate that list of like habits, like you should do this, you should do that. I mean, I know those are practical and stuff, but I also want to know why I should do that. To what end am I doing these great habit tips? Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. Otherwise I think it just sounds like a Zig Ziglar rah-rah campaign or something. And I'm just not interested really. A lot of people have great, you know, tips. And I mean, if you just Google tips for success or tips for an effective day at work or, you know, I mean, you're going to find plenty of stuff. You don't need a podcast for that. Sure. For me, I'm talking about more of a mindset shift. Oh. How can I change my paradigm of how I look at my day and look at my to-do list and look at my tasks and make them more meaningful to me? Right. And I've said a lot about New Year's resolutions is that the reason why people don't keep them or they don't even set them anymore is because they have never set ones that are meaningful to them. We oh. talked a lot about that last year, remember? Yes, we did. We absolutely did. So when people make it meaningful, then they are very set on, you know, really trying to achieve them. Right. Whether well, they fail or succeed, either well, way, they're in it, you know? Now, we've talked about this before, but give me like a, a thumbnail sketch about like what is your process when you set these goals? I mean, do you just sit down and sort of reflect internally, go back over your notes from the previous year? How do you personally, mm. when you get ready to do this, what what is your uh, secret formula? Okay. Well, that's kind of interesting. I guess I've never really thought about it as a secret formula, but here's where I go. I guess these are some things that sometimes I intuit, but... I just think everybody thinks this way. My first thing is I look over my personal mission statement and mine's a little bit lengthy, but I read through it and I change it. What oh. things every year I just change it. You know, sometimes you have personal values or personal, you're on a personal mission for certain things and it changes year to year. Right. Um, so 
I go over that. I go over my personal mission statement and say, hey, is there anything I want to change about my life, about how I want to lead it? And again, there's a lot of helpful things online you can do um, to go find a mission statement. The one I like the best is uh, Franklin Covey. Uh-huh. Or is it Covey? I think it's Covey. Covey, yeah, Franklin Covey. They have a online personal mission statement generator or something like this. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I think it's very helpful if you just don't know where to start. So you can get a lot of those kinds of things online. But I start with that personal mission statement, and I just ask myself, Priscilla, what is guiding you this year? What gets me up in the morning? What's going to make you go? <laughs> you know, For me, that also gets really personal. We were just reading for Advent. My son, Beck, was reading a scripture out of Isaiah over uh, the dinner table, and it said, your guide will be the voice behind you, and whether you go to the right or the left, it will say to you, this is the path. Oh, wow. And I was like, sitting there at dinner all of a sudden, I'm like, did anybody hear that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool because for me, it was so in tune with the idea of, okay, what I need is this guide right behind me. I can go do, do, do and task, task, task and everything else. But if there's not a guide, if there's not something that is steering me from behind me when I least remember that I have it behind me, right. then I am not going to stay on the path or I, or I'm going to doubt or I, I'm going to feel alone. And I love that idea, this idea, you don't even see the guide, your guide will be the voice behind you. I mean, it's just, there was so much that was so cool about that. So I, I personally start with that, my personal mission statement, what's, you know, guiding me. And then I stop and I write a list about what I'm thankful for, for this mm. year. These are the things I've accomplished. These are the things that came in and were just superfluous. You know, they were just such a, uh, what do you call that? Like a lark, you know, you had yeah. a few bluebirds and you just, there were some things that just happened and you're so grateful for them. And, and there, you just, to me, without making other people think I'm weird, you just have to say to the universe, you know, thank you for bringing that to me. I didn't orchestrate that. I'm not in control of those things, you know, right, and right. just that kind of gratitude, I think. And then I have an actual value statement that is a part of our goals, and I've, I've shared that before. Sure. So I start from there. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's like your ground zero. That's my ground zero. And then once I've done that, I find that, you know, other years when I've just been like, oh, I don't have time for this, and I've just gone into setting the goals and I haven't done that work, those goals don't get done because they're not really that meaningful to me. They're almost like you just kind of throw them out there. It's, there's well, no it's, thought behind them. No, no thought, and it's a lot of ought to's. Oh. Well, I ought to schedule my day better, and I ought to lose 10 pounds, and I ought to... All the things that you think everybody expects of you. Right. Actually, a friend of mine says uh, that's a case of shooting all over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true, right? It's like, I mean, how many times during the day, oh, gosh, I should get this done, I should get that done, mm -hmm. and... And it's it, my wife actually has been uh, really good at this. She she's flipped the script on that, and mm -hmm. she has said, "In when I ever get to a point to where I say I should do something or I have to do something, mm -hmm. she changes it to I get to." Oh, huh, that's interesting. It's a, yeah, paradigm shift. Yeah, and it and it totally changes the outlook of something. It's like, you know, wow, I have to take out the trash. Well, no, I get to take out the trash. I. Right. I, I make enough money to where I have enough stuff to where I'm generating this kind of trash. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. funny. Like when you really, if you, if you take it and flip it around to like, wow, this is a, 
I guess, uh, what's that saying? You know, it's an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, yeah. And really, I think that's what grounds you. Why am I here? Why am I doing these things? Right. And then you can think about the tasks. And so I, I wrote down eight of them that are kind of, at the very beginning, you might think, okay, well, that's pretty practical advice. But I want to get to maybe helping people rethink what that means. Oh, okay, great. So sound sound fair? I'm I'm in. Okay. Well, I, I have this list, so I say you chime in wherever you want or challenge me on this, and, and, and we'll see if this is helpful to everybody. All right. So. This will be like medieval times. I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll be the green knight. Am I going to get a chicken leg at some point? You, you might. <laughs> I guess it's a turkey leg at, at medieval times. I don't even know. It's not some sort of bird. I can honestly say I've never been to medieval times. What? No. I oh, know, my gosh. I know. All, all right. Next time. Times? Next time you come out here, I will personally take you to Medieval Times. Is it still open? Oh, yes. Yes. It's... <laughs> <laughs> the things I learn on this podcast. I, I know, right? It's like it's like a, a veritable fountain of knowledge. Oh, okay. Well, hey, okay. So here <laughs> I right, go through this, but I'm going to ask you a little bit more about this. So, oh, please. Um, the first one is about planning your day. Everybody says that's the ought to. I'm going to plan my day better. Oh. So let's talk about that a little bit. So what... When I when I say that, what what are you thinking, and what do you hear in management circles? Uh, you know, for me, gosh, my day is pretty well set. It's it's you know, I, I get up, I make coffee, I go to work. Sometimes I'll call you, do the podcast. Basically, for me, I sort of all right. You might you we might have a long discussion on this, but in a lot of ways, I have such a loose structure about planning my day because I want to be open for whatever can happen. Okay. Does that make sense? It's like, not that I want to let the day happen to me, right? but it's like, I want to create a structure that is loose enough to where if there is an opportunity that pops up or something that I'm not expecting, that I can go, wow, this is a great thing. I want to pursue this in this moment. Okay. So now let me challenge you on this. In the end of your day, how do you feel about those days that are loosely scheduled? How do I feel? Wow, that's a great that's a great question. I, I think that's kind of well, it's kind of pursuing on on what actually happens during the day. If nothing happens, like if I'm sitting at my desk all day, I get up, I have lunch, I go back, sit at my desk till five, and then I go and do whatever you know things that need to be done to to keep the house running on a day to day basis. Then it's kind of like okay, that was a day. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that it was my best day. It was uh-huh. more of like a a day of doing. I don't want to say drudgery because that's that's the first word that came to mind. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll just say doing doing the things that are are not necessarily the things that bring me the greatest amount of joy. Okay, so what if you could plan your day and plan for some of those things that bring you a lot of joy? You know, I never I never really thought of it because like it that. may come to you or it may not. Right. But what that's if you true. actually carved out time for those things to happen? Yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting premise. Well, here's the thing. I'm not saying that that would work for you. Right. The paradigm shift I'd like people to have is to think about a successful day that they have. Like when they finish the workday and they go, "Wow, I'm satisfied. That was meaningful to me and that was that felt productive or right. that felt I felt inspired or I feel even if it was hectic and difficult tasks, I feel accomplished." What you know, these kinds of things. I like to think track from those words, and that requires listening to yourself. One of the things I've learned is that when I come into work and my whole schedule is meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting, I am not that happy of a person. 
Sure. It's not the experience that I like. And what is interesting in that is that the opposite is true, that there are certain meetings that I live for. Right. <laughs> it's the pitch. It's the client connection. And so when I'm scheduling my day, when I'm scheduling my week or saying yes to an appointment two weeks out or a week out, or I'm looking at the rest of my day and I am asking myself, not Priscilla, plan your day efficiently. I'm saying, Priscilla, how would you like to feel at the end of this day? Mm. What are the experiences you'd like to have at work? Not the tasks you would like to get done at work. Oh. So when I overschedule myself, I may get a lot done. But I don't have the experiences I want. For example, you can't schedule in, you know, like last night I was here late with um, with Ryan, one of my graphic designers, and we ended up in this awesome conversation. And that's a way that you can connect with people. Well, you can't put that stuff on a schedule. You know, right. those things can't just happen. But I'll tell you what, they'll never happen if my schedule is so tight that I never just pop into the creative pit and talk with people. Mm, that won't happen. And so I have to ask myself, what are the experiences I'm after? How would I like to feel today and plan my day that way? Now, obviously, we have tasks that we have to do. But my what I'm saying is the paradigm shift I'm asking people to think about is not just look at their goals or their planning or the structuring of their day as structure equals absolute ought to's. Right. Structure sometimes also means room. <laughs> oh. I'm going to structure my day so that you be clear with your assistant. I can't go from meeting to meeting. Do not schedule it like that. Right. That kills my mojo. I'm not my best and brightest in the next meeting, etc. So, so I'd say plan your day thinking of experiences, not tasks. But I'd also say in order to plan your day that way, you need to listen to yourself. Because the solution for me, I don't think is really the solution for you. Right. You may need to schedule your work time more stringently and have your, your personal time be very loose. <laughs> you right, know? right. I don't know what it is, but I just ask people to listen to themselves about that. What wow, makes them good. feel awake and alive? At that's work. a really good way to look at it. The next thing is one of my favorites, saying no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny because it's it sounds so simple to do, but it's one of the hardest things, I think, especially for people who are who are driven or, well, mm -hmm. perfect example is my wife. She has a very high sense of responsibility and competency. Mm. It's like in her top strengths from the uh, Gallup Strength Finders. Uh -huh. And it's like, it's very difficult for her to say no because she doesn't, number one, she doesn't want to let people down. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like because, because there's an equality of no equals I can't do it. Right. Yeah, isn't that funny? Of yeah. course you can do it. Yeah. But you don't have to. <laughs> right. Yes, that is the key right there. This, that also reminds me from Brett Baker, which is just a recent podcast we had. Um, uh, my sales coach, he says, uh, we joke around all the time, CTOBT, which means couldn't the opposite be true? Right, yes. And it's a trigger and an anchor for me that as soon as I say, oh, especially as soon as I hear that, uh, I know that I need to listen to what comes out of my mouth next, right? Right. And I need to respond to that. I need to take care of myself in that moment. And so I say, oh, I have to do blah, blah, blah. And the next thing he's taught me to say is, couldn't the opposite be true? Mm. Couldn't it be possible that I never have to do this thing? Right. Now, it's a truth serum. It doesn't mean, yeah, I don't have to do it. Bye. You know, <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> sometimes it's truth serum. Say, 
yeah, I really do have to get this done. But you could also say, well, maybe I don't have to get it done alone. <laughs> maybe someone else could help me. So it helps me temper that like um, victim badge yes. that we like yes. to wear. Um, yes, the oh, because, poor me, I'm yeah. overworked badge. Yes. Yeah, overworked. I mean, who wants to talk to someone who's overworked? Nobody. Right. No. <laughs> so saying no to something is possible, not always tenable, but it is possible if you know the truth. And I believe the truth serum is, but couldn't the opposite be true? Couldn't you never have to do that? Right. And once you talk with yourself about that and shift the paradigm and are able to have that quick inner conversation, then I think you can say no to things. All of a sudden it gives you my favorite word, clarity. Yes. <laughs> oh, which reminds me, you know, you asked me off the cuff what my steps are. The oh, next yeah. thing, you know, when I first start my goals and stuff like that, I, I don't always do it right at the beginning. I might do it at the end, but I always finish on a one word to sum up my year. Oh, really? Like, what is the word that I'm going to be like? What's my anchor for the next year? And I have already picked my anchor for 2016. Oh, and is it, it, is, is it clarity? No, no, that, you know, what's in Sheen, that was my word last year. Oh, was it really? I forgot uh, about that. That's yeah. funny. I don't know that I ever shared that with you, but you yeah. You may not have. My, yeah, my word last year was clarity, and that was very helpful. This year, my word is nourish. Ooh. And, you know, that goes obviously into a lot of personal things, but it goes into my culture here. How can the things that I do help nourish the people around me? Is right. it, in, in, are my actions and my, my strategies um, and even in the marketing, is it nourishing to my clients, not only to their end user? Yeah, I want to nurture and, and nourish that, but that's fine. I've got all these marketing things, but what about my clients? What's their experience? Is at the end of the day, they walk away from a meeting with me and they feel full and they feel like they've been fed and it's wow. been healthy stuff. It's been good stuff. I didn't make some catty comment or whatever. You know, I didn't fill up their day with junk. Right, right. I filled up their day with something meaningful, something thought-provoking, maybe something challenging, or just maybe a pat on the back, you know? Are my actions nourishing? Wow, that's such a good word, too. It's like, because that can encompass so many aspects of the of the uh, the client relationship. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's really good. So I kind of think, you know, when I say, couldn't the opposite be true? And you say, you have to say yes to something, you have to say no to something. Also, there it can be tempered by, but is this nourishing? Right. And right. if it and if it wasn't, how can I change this task so that it is nourishing? Wow. You know, and could it be? I'm not saying it's all always possible, but could it be? No, so, but could yeah, exactly. Well, wow. that one really goes into my next one, which is make a decision. Come on, move on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's you know, the idea of saying no, I do tie it back to where we've discussed before about the idea of circles and stress. Yes. And if you remember I started this by saying these are eight habits I would like to put in place and I'd like to challenge you about in order to have less stress with your success this next year. Right. So to me, less stress means just make a decision. It may not be the right decision, but you can make it, get it off your, your, you know, your list of things to do and move on. Yes. And I always give kudos out to the book rework from 37 signals where they really just talk about move the ball forward. Just a small small space, kind of kick the ball forward a little bit, not kick the decision up there, make a decision. And so there's a big difference there. Don't just, you know, push it up there and I'll deal with that later. That is exactly the opposite of what I'm saying. And sometimes making a decision means not saying I'll think it over. It means, no, we're not going to do that. Right. A no today is not a no forever. We may do right. that at another date, but for now I'm very clear we are not doing that. 
Yeah, it could be a not yet. Yeah, and and it takes it off your list though. Right. It has to be right. something where you can just take it off your list. Because those things cause delay and they cause stress. We talked about having circles open. Circles yes. open causes stress. Yeah, and I think too there's there is a there is a calmness even in a no. If it's something that you really want and they say no, it shouldn't be a disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's okay. They're just super clear right now. Right. doesn't mean you can't revisit it later. It's just right now at this very moment, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Well, when we have a project management system, we may have a lot. I don't want to lose that idea, but I may actually write on the board and put it, set it for maybe June of next year and say, I just type right on there. We will revisit this idea in June for now. It's a no. And I put it on there, but now it's out of my mind. It is not causing me stress today. Right. Because I've already decided I am not doing this today. It does not mean that whoever gave me that idea that it's a bad idea or if it was my own idea, <laughs> you know, these ideas some come sometimes come to us from the universe and we have to take them and, and roll them over. But it doesn't mean we have to act on all of them. Right, right. So I think that's a big idea behind saying no and and carving out the life you want to lead is making a decision. Yes. Wow, that's a good one. Well, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm glad you decided to include that. Yeah. Well, you know, right alongside it is direct communication. Oh, yes. The habit, getting in the habit of giving very clear communication is... Like a gift you give to yourself that will lower your stress. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I agree with you 100%. My team jokes around all the time because I don't let them say maybe, kind of, sort of, and <laughs> the whole thing. Right. Well, literally, I mean, this happens all the time in our meetings. Well, kind of, da, da, da. I said, well, kind of, or not at all, or completely. <laughs> Which one? And they know that I don't want, and you know, that comes from obviously a whole year of talking about clarity. Are you going to do this or not? I'm fine if you're not going to. Right. But by all means, let me know. Yes. Up front. (laughs) And I'm not going to let you off the hook with now you feel better because you talked about it, but still made no plan. Isn't that so funny? Like how people will throw stuff out and all of the modifiers that they (laughs) use around it, because I think there's a certain amount of, uh, of uh, warm fuzzies that mm. people get from just talking about a concept or an idea instead right. of actually doing it. Uh, uh, hello, Guy Kawasaki. Ideas are easy. Implementation is hard. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, do you want to do this or not? And that's, you know, all these kind of fall back into get in together in that same paradigm of clarity and the same paradigm of purpose. And how do you want to feel? I want to feel that I have total confidence in my team. And so in order to plan my day and have total confidence, that means that morning meeting needs to involve direct communication and clear next steps. And when you need help asking for it and be very clear with it, and that extends over to me, even when I'm working in the business community, if I need help, I need to ask for a favor very clearly, very succinctly. You know, I need to tell them, are you willing to help me? And if they say yes, because this is what I need, could you do this small piece? Wow. And so I want direct communication, you know, to me, but I have to give that out. And the way that you can change that in the world around you a little bit, because you can't change everybody, (laughs) but you can start to, um, 
Well, first of all, if you start going into it and you start trying to change everybody, you are going to be so stressed. So don't do that because <laughs> people are not going to change their vague statements. It, it, they, they like them. And so you can get into a lot of fights really quick by, oh, yes. by yes, being can. sarcastic with people. Really? Maybe? Kind of? Or are you going <laughs> to <laughs> So. Is we that- we actually use that uh, technique in some of the uh, the character trainings we do, really? where like people will say or they'll speak for everyone. Oh. Well, we don't think this. Well, wait, is it everyone or just you? Oh. Right. It's and I think that helps sharpen sharpen the clarity because when you bring it down to its to its barest component, it's like you make a stand with a statement. It's like you can say, "Look, this is how I feel," instead of saying, "Well, we." Sometimes, you know, well, are you speaking for everybody? No, you're speaking for yourself. And then, of course, the modifier thing, I think, is is so fantastic. When you get rid of all of that and you just say, I think it needs to be this way. Mm-hmm. Not kind of, sort of, maybe a little like this. Yes or no. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like it would take you so much shorter of amount of time mm-hmm. to uh, say it rather than add all the stuff around it so it softens the blow that you think you're you're giving. Oh, yeah, softening the blow is, you know, no thanks. I don't yeah. I don't need the blow softened. Just if you're going to if you've got something to tell me then just tell me. Take ownership of it and I can move on. That's fine. Right. So, here's my suggestion though because it it's very tempting to be sarcastic with people. But sure. Don't dish it out because it'll come back because we all use modifiers. <laughs> yes, that's very true. I like the idea of being curious about what people say. So they right. say, well, this kind of looks like this. Oh, really? How does it kind of look like that? Yeah. How does it not look like that? Well, if you were to do this project and someone else were to do it, what might it look like for them? You know, I mean, I just get curious and kind of start asking around it as opposed to making statements. Right, And I've found that doing that to the people around me has pushed them into processing in their own brain clearer statements without me attacking them and saying, yo's aren't clear statements. Right. (laughs) Yes, which makes for a much nicer conversation. Definitely. And, you know, I can get very task oriented. That's something that, you know, I think eight or nine years ago, I really, um, I really tackled, you know, realized that in my life, I was just very much, you know, for the lack of a better word, and really to go really pretty brutal as a taskmaster. This has to get done. This has to get done. Well, believe me, if everybody else around me felt like, oh my gosh, I have to get all this stuff. Imagine how I felt because I would talk to myself that way too. Right. So getting out from under that kind of, you know, um, task-driven mentality involves helping people discover how to ask for help and how to get clear next steps and how to quit being so vague with what they need. You know, right. I love that. And actually, uh, having a clarity conversation is not a bad thing because, you know, some people think it sounds like it's prying, but it's not. It's like uh, what I usually say is when somebody tells me something that I go, wow, there's got to be more under that. I, I always say, well, tell me more. Right. Tell me more. That's a great one. That's a great yeah, anchor. Be- because it's non-threatening and it just it opens up an opportunity for more engagement. Right. So I would suggest here, if someone wants a practical tip, literally get a sticky note and put it on your computer. It says, tell me more. Yeah. And literally just let that be an anchor for you for, try it out for a whole month. You'd be so surprised at what people tell you if you just engage them to get more and more clear with their communication. That's so amazing. So. Well, and too, just as a caveat to that, I think there is a lot of information that people already are telling you if you know how to adjust your listening. Right. 
Right. You know what I mean? It's like if you really sit and listen to what people are saying, they will tell you pretty much everything you want to know by either what they're saying or what they're not saying if you're listening for that. Right. I was in a very tough conversation yesterday with a client, and I really needed to say something, and I said it, and I knew it was going to kind of drop a bomb. And right. instead of putting more on it, I just went quiet. Mm. And in that quiet, finally, she spoke. And what came out was something much softer than would have come out if I had kept pushing my case. Oh, really? Yeah. And so sometimes direct communication with people also means not communicating verbally. <laughs> well, yeah. So I think, I think having that quiet and leave some air in there, you know right. what I mean? Some space to let... To either let things build or let things dissipate. I think that's super, super important to any sort of negotiation or conversation. You have to have that. Because if, you, if you're if you nervous, which I get sometimes mm-hmm. when I feel like I'm not saying the right thing, it's like I'll try to fill up as much space as I can so I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Instead of just saying what I mean and then just being okay with the with the tension right. of the quiet space. I do find that when I do go quiet, a lot of times people will run in to rescue me. And that's when people see a space and they can actually help me. Uh-huh. And they they feel involved, they feel included, it builds rapport, even if it was something very difficult. Right. Now they have buy-in and they want to come help me. But if I just keep talking, 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 it's still all my idea. But instead of going quiet, it offers the ability to have more direct communication because now I can stop and let them ponder for a minute how might they respond to this. Right. Oh, that's good. So number five um, comes from experience. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, beautiful experience. Yes. How you have taught me. (laughs) The great teacher. Do you have something on your list that is like just nagging you and just doesn't get done And it's almost like you, in some ways you think, oh, I can't conceive of how to get this done. But for some reason, there's just a speed bump in starting the project. It feels super tough to you. It seems like, oh, I got to get this done. Yeah, sometimes there's (laughs) things like that. I I would say yes every day. (laughs) What, What I've learned about that is right at the beginning, talk to someone about a tough project. And really? this just works for me because I can work things out by talking with people. Um, but I think it engages my brain differently when I have to present to someone why I think this is such a tough project. Huh. And if I don't know where to start on something, then someone else can go, well, okay. Hmm. Well, have you started it from here? And usually, I and literally, no joke, Brad, Brad, who works with me, is genius about this. He can see I'm struggling on a project or I'm just so frustrated, like I do the, ugh, I have to do blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he'll help me with the couldn't the opposite be true. Couldn't we never have right. to do that project? You know, that's great. <laughs> but he knows when this is just something we have to get done. And he will be helpful and say, well, can I help you with this or how can I help you? And I think, oh, he can't do it for, you know, he can't help. Just because you can't delegate it and he can't do it for me doesn't mean he couldn't spend five minutes helping me walk through the idea in my mind so that then I can sit down and do it. And I have found, and this is almost embarrassing to say because you think that you could figure this out, but you can't, you, you know, it's not possible. You just have to get over that embarrassment. Sometimes your brain needs to 
you know, come at a problem a different way. Yes. And I sometimes I talk with them about it and then I'm like, oh, it could be that easy. Or he'll say, well, we have all that copy written on this article. Why don't you just bring that over and then bring this piece of it from the graphics we have over here and then, you know, customize that for the client and blah, 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 and enter this on the end. I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> what seems like, you know, a four-day project to me, there's some reason I have not been able to start for three months and right. it's nagging at me, nagging at me, really just turned into a 20-minute project and I'm done. And I kind of go back to the first thing of like planning your day. How do you want to feel at the end of the day? Right. Do you want to feel accomplished and do you want to feel like you got the help you needed from people around you? Well, then talk to someone about a tough project. And even if you just say, hey, can I have three minutes of your time, please? Sure. What do you need? I don't know if you have an answer for me. You may not. Totally let you off the hook. Here's the tough project I'm thinking about. I just, I don't know how to attack it. Right. And letting someone else give a little bit of insight. And it doesn't have to be someone in your office either. It is helpful because they typically know the stress level or, or, you know, what really is the importance behind it. But you can also get that help somewhere else. I would just, just warn you now, don't ask unclear, vague questions when you need help from something. If you are calling a business professional, it's a friend and say, I need help with this. Hey, so-and-so, I've got five minutes And I'm hoping that you could just talk through a problem I have. It's just concepting how to get started on this project is really stumping me. Can I tell you two minutes about the project? And can I give you three minutes to give me some feedback and challenge me on a couple of questions and see if I could rethink it? Sweet. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be someone, you know, right in your, your, you know, work wheelhouse. But if you go outside, you better get clear with them because then people give you advice. Oh, well, I would just tell them not, don't, I'm not going to do it. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it turns into friend advice one-on-one and it's yes. not helpful. No, that doesn't help at all. So my wow. number six is my super fun one. Oh, what is it? It is invest in yourself. Oh, I like that. Okay. This is so funny because all right, lay it on me. Beth, my project manager walked in my office the other day and we were having a conference call with someone. So the door shut, the speaker phones on, we're talking and stuff like that. And it's getting boring and we're just like, you know, and she sees something on my desk and points at it and she starts laughing so hard. And she's just like, Oh my God. I'm like totally trying to stay focused on this call. But right. what she spotted was I bought myself a gift certificate online for a spa day. Yeah. And it was like, hey, buy this online. It came in an email and it's like, buy it for someone you love. And I thought to myself, well, I love me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I bought the gift certificate, but it, then it comes to the place where it says, write a special me- special message to this person you love. <laughs> and I wrote in there and I, I don't know exactly what I said, but it was like, you are amazing. There is nothing else today you need to do, but just be you. So go enjoy yourself because I love you or something like that. And it was like, signed, your friend, yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And she points at it and she is busting up at the end of the conversation. She's like, you did not. I'm like, yeah, what? You know, I just have it folded over and it was sitting on my desk because I got to go plan that. You know, I got to go schedule that spa day. Right, right. But she is busting up. And I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? I saw it that way. 
And it is a paradigm shift to say, you know, you're worth it. You're worth the rest and the break. You're worth the time. You're worth the money. And that includes going out and developing your friendship. You're you're worth the relationships that are in your life. Paying attention to people. Going out for drinks with friends is investing in yourself. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. People see it. is, Is investing in yourself. That's what's so funny. It's like people don't understand, nor do they realize how important it is to obviously invest in the relationships that are around you on a day-to-day basis. But they see it as in, when you say invest, it's like you're giving out, but it's actually going the other way as well. Mm -hmm. It's like you're investing in you, and it's like you're growing as much as the other person is growing by having the interactions. And I I, I think that is such an overlooked mm-hmm. thing in business because people will work themselves to the grave. Right. And they may, they may have amazing success, but at the end of the, it's like, you know, people lose their health, people lose families, people lose all this stuff because they're so over-focused on the task rather than taking care of themselves and the people around them. Right. I, I, I agree with you. I think that's wonderful. Well, it, it kind of begs the question, what's the payback? You know, when you right. talk with other people, this is just totally true. I, this is just, you know, I'm Okay. I am an anthropologist by trade, okay? Right, right. So it's just true. When you share your story with people, whether it's, oh, I had a tough day, that one line, or let me tell you how my mom died, or let me, you know, whatever it is. Okay, you think about like from a very bland thing to a very difficult statement, right? Right, right. When you share your story with somebody, the thing that is triggered in the body is empathy. And empathy is such an important, uh, what do you call it? It's a character trait. You know, it's such an important part of human experience. In fact, the lack of empathy makes you a sociopath. Yes. By definition. I mean, you know, and I'm not even being extreme. That's literally when you cannot have empathy for another human being, that is that is sociopathic. Right. So, you know, when we talk to other people and hear their experiences and listen and share our stories, empathy is stirred up and it is developed. And that's, you know, so when I say what is the payback? Well, the payback can often be self-compassion because, you know, when people share their stories and you get to share yours, you get to see it in a broader picture. And right. you're able to come back to your world and have, you know, some empathy for um for yourself oh wow priscilla you're in this moment and it is difficult and it helps me think through and see myself as an as a person who needs help who needs clarity who needs you know to say no who needs to do all these things and be in you know in relationship with people so that i can um really in the end carve out the life I want and feel a certain way at the end of the day. And I know that seems like a far away from me saying invest in yourself because you get all these practical guides. Take, you know, go on a date night, go, um, you know, spend 10 minutes alone in the morning or what, you know, do yoga, whatever it is. There's always these practical things. I don't know what it means to you. I'm just telling you you're worth it. Yes, whatever it is. And if you don't think you're worth it, I guarantee you, you will never think someone else is worth it because you cannot give to other people what you do not have. If you do not have self-compassion, you cannot give out compassion. If you don't have empathy for your own experience, you will not have deep empathy for other people's experiences. So when I say invest in yourself, that sometimes means get social. Sometimes it means get alone. Right. (laughs) But whatever it is, your time, your money, that, you know, Put it in your most valuable basket, you know, yes. and don't give it away so quickly. 
Don't mm. give the very best. You know, I could have looked at that spa certificate and be like, oh, I, I do love gift giving. It's one of my it's one of my real talents, I believe, picking a great gift for someone. But that's what I need. I need a spa day. Right. <laughs> that's a great gift to me. I don't need it. I, let, let me be clear. That's me loving me. Right. That's a bonus. That's speaking my language and meeting me in a place where, wow, Priscilla, I have some empathy for you. That is a stressful day, but you get to look forward to this one day where it's not stressful. And so investing in yourself is super important. And I ever do it some way, anyway, but the paradigm shift for me is just to say, if you invest in yourself correctly, there's a huge payback. Huge, huge, huge. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Good words. I like that one. So the seventh one kind of came up when I was really looking at the people around me and what they bring to me. And Steve, my husband, is a huge provider of routine. The beauty he brings to our life from some predictability is... (laughs) just cannot be do you say it can't be overestimated or it can't be underestimated underestimated it can't be underestimated why did that not make sense to me all of a sudden i don't you know it's i try not to think about words too much because then i'll look at the word with and go that can't be spelled right (laughs) well you say it can't be overestimated i mean like you also can't overestimate like it has to be bigger all of a sudden that didn't make sense to me but you know it is a real strength (laughs) um from which i operate there are just there's a stability in my life i know this is what's going to happen i know that someone's taking care of we have a really good division of labor i know that i'm supposed to take care of the kids birthday parties he knows that he's supposed to clean the cars on sunday we have a a well understood and developed division of labor and so when i say routines are helpful I don't mean necessarily that you always have to do, hey, Mondays are going to come home at this time. I don't mean like this stringent, you know, and I'd love for to challenge people on like, that doesn't mean overschedule your life. It right. means think about what things would bring you stability and set that in order. So here's a weird one. All right. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, so I get ready every morning and I dress professionally every morning, right? This is just a, you can, you can be assured at, you know, in the morning at some point on Monday through Friday, I will be getting up and I will be going to work. Yes. And I will be getting dressed professionally. And the very last thing I do will be to put jewelry on. Oh my gosh. I cannot tell you the amount of stress that ensued in my life because I can't find this necklace. I can't find this. I can't find that and everything. Well, literally I posted this year. I'm like, I realized if I had this routine, done, like solved for me, it would bring me so much more peace and stability in my life. And I could quit using untold energy, finding the stupid thing that I'm trying to find in the morning. Right. Once I identified that this year, I was like, oh, I am getting this done. (laughs) And and for those of you who are Facebook friends of mine, you know about the jewelry wall. (laughs) And literally, I enlisted Steve to help me, and we organized all of it, and I created this whole... There, I just had this empty wall that is the wall in between my bedroom and my bathroom. Right. I seriously created this whole thing, organized everything, got rid of any piece of jewelry I didn't think I was going to you know, wear, and literally, it is all hanging on a wall, visible to me. And the cool thing is, is that you know, I get dressed my closet, come out my bathroom, I'm heading out to leave for the day, and it's the last thing, last you know, hallway I walk through and I can really quick look, I'll take this necklace. I'll take this cuff. I'll take that. Okay. I'm done. I walk out. Wow. And you know, so I know for some people, they might look at that and go, okay, you're totally obsessive compulsive. (laughs) (laughs) 
and we've talked about this before about cleaning yes. out the bathroom drawers, but you know, I can't find certain beauty products or I can't find the hairspray. I can't find this. And that's why I make a commitment every year on January 1st. I do not buy a product that I have not used. I've not allowed, right. you know? Right. And, uh, so, because I can't stand those drawers getting to a point where I'm in a horrible mood because I can't find my hairspray. Right. I don't, that's not my personal mission statement. I don't want to walk around my house like a jerk. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, these things are the kind of, you work backwards. What are the things that are stopping me from having an easy day? And what, what, are, the, what are the things I could do in order to create wonderful routines for me? Things I can predict. Things that bring me stability. Well, you know, cleaning out my closet does that to me all the time. I'm a big purger. But right. on the other hand, this was a huge win for me this year because I don't spend any energy in the morning doing that anymore. Well, as one of your Facebook friends, I, I did get the chance you to did? see the, oh. I did see the jewelry wall, and I, I was quite impressed. I was going, wow, that's, that's very um, organized, right. number one. And two, it's like, at first I was like, Wow, that would be so overwhelming for me just to have everything in plain sight like that. But then I thought, you know what? If that's like the last thing you see when you're getting ready in the day, it's like you go boop boop one from column A, two from column B, and mm -hmm. and a uh, and a bracelet. Right. It's like it would be so simplified. Oh, it as opposed to rummaging through, uh, you know, like your jewelry box, like Gollum looking for the ring. Um, <laughs> but this is the thing. What I what I challenge you is, you know, when you go, ugh. Listen, listen, what comes out of your mouth next and solve that problem. And it may be something that where you need to think about where can I set something more as a routine or predictable? How can I solve this problem so I don't keep, if your routine is constantly you going, Ugh, then you have the wrong routine. Yes. <laughs> Trust me, you I... have a routine. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's, not it's just what what routine do you have, and is your routine running you? Right, exactly. And so you know, to, let's get practical. Okay, that might seem silly, but I am trying to kind of expand people's idea about this. Could they have a better day at work if they handled these things? But like for example, you know, here at work with my project manager, she is incredibly busy, and I challenged her. Why not have set times intervals where you answer your emails? This is stressing you out to have someone just ding, 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 ding you all the time, you know? And so you, you know, you feel like you get run ragged by the end of the day. And if the feeling that you want at the end of the day is, wow, I feel like I accomplished something. I may not have gotten to all my emails, but I did get the task done. that I really, I had marked with absolute biggest priority. So, you know, I challenge her on that. Well, why don't you change the intervals at which you are allowed to go read your emails? So that's a good practical one. And I know you've heard that a million times. People say, oh, turn your notifications off or whatever. You know, so I'm not trying to go over dumb tips. Sure. I'm trying to get people to understand how something like as silly as my jewelry wall relates to also work. If you keep going, oh, these emails. Right. Stop for a minute and solve that problem. Establish yeah. a routine that gets rid of that problem. And then you got to wonder, too, is there some sort of... Well, I'll just say like some sort of goodie that you get out of that frustration. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like that's, that's been a big part of my self-reflection, too. It's like when I sit there and it's something that I haven't done that I notice is repetitive day in and day out, it's go, okay, what am I getting out of this? Mm -hmm. right. And then if I realize, okay, so is the expenditure of my energy, my frustration and all that, is that really worth the, the payoff for feeling like, 
oh, I'm so busy and I'm so important or whatever you make up about about that task. It's it's like it really does come back to that prioritizing going, okay, this is like totally zapping my energy. Why don't I build yeah. the proverbial jewelry wall about my email yes. and about the other things that I want to do? <laughs> I love the proverbial jewelry, jewelry yes. wall. I love that idea. It's pretty funny. Um, but it's, it's basically the whole concept of saying I'm worth the time to think about this problem. Right. I'm worth the time to solve it, and is there a routine that would be helpful? Well, what's number eight? You've saved the best for last. Oh, you know what? Can I say one other thing about routines? You know, as soon as I say the word routines, people think that they're all by themselves, and now they are a robot, and now they must comply. And, you know, it's like, it's such a horrible word. Right. But I challenge people, how can you incorporate other people into your routines? How mm. can a routine not be, like, a solo dance routine? <laughs> Right. <laughs> this is my interpretive dance, and I am going to do it no matter hell or high water, you know? Yes. But, you know, think about routines also as a delight. What routines can I put in my life that bring me joy? And it reminds you that you're not alone. So mm. my last one that I bring up, and it kind of this is the reason why I put it in that order, is because routines are helpful, but also celebrations are helpful. Things to mark time. Do you mm -hmm. actually set up um, the importance of ritual in your life? Ritual celebration, ritual Thanksgiving, ritual gratitude. How? What, what's another? What do you want to throw in there? Ritual self reflection. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Like, like, I guess going back to what you were saying before, it's like you have to. There has to be a time. I mean, and this is one of those have-tos, I believe, personally. It's not like a get-to. It's more you have to build in time to relax, to sit back and go, okay, I have to take a break because I have to recharge. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you, I think you have to build those those type of things in as well, kind of like the self-care you talked about. Right, right. But th this is the reason why I think everybody hates New Year's resolutions because they make them so big. Right. It's just these huge things. And I am telling you, these are minute little things you do. So, for example, maybe we should call this really number eight, plan silly celebrations. <laughs> okay. How about I'm, that? I'm good with that. You know, I'm good with it's that. It's so funny. You know, and again, if you stop and you take time and you're listening to people, sometimes you find these opportunities. But I really try and get myself to not pass up on a silly idea. And right. it is a big part of our culture here. And people look in from the outside and are like, oh, yeah, you have such a great culture and blah, blah, blah. And it, it seems to them like one big thing, this big capital C, our culture. And I am telling right. you, our culture is made up of a thousand small C's. Yes. It's, hey, you know, I always let the, the design team go by themselves to lunch. I guarantee, I always get a thank you from people. Hey, thanks for lunch, you know, and we love talking to each other. I don't need to be there. <laughs> right. Know? Or one day... I was so unhappy. I was just like struggling so hard. And literally what pops up on my calendar from one of my designers is a request for a calendar thing in about a half an hour. It says, would ice cream make you happy? <laughs> <laughs> we do have an ice cream store downstairs. So. I've seen it. I I've know, right? It. I'm very envious. But even, you know, we're talking with everybody about what people want to do and the holidays and things like this. And sure. 
everybody decided that, you know, we were talking about wine and, and I obviously love wine and, you know, collect wine and I love drinking wine. And I, I uh, you know, I love the whole pursuit. I love the whole ritual of drinking it. And I love the social right. beauty that happens in communing with people. So they were like, oh, well, we don't know anything about wine. And they're, they're pretty young or most of them. And, you know, they were like, well, we really like kind of like a wine tasting and this. I'm like, well, Steve and I'd love to host that. You guys want to have that? I'll, we'd, we'd love to do it for you. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, in exchange, you provide the entertainment for the night. And they're all oh, looking nice. at me like, what? And I'm like, it's the superfluous talent show, first annual, <laughs> you know? And they're just laughing, but it's just like, I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to make something fun and silly when that's appropriate, because now that's something that will bring us together and we can have fun doing it. Think about that with your kids. Think about that with your spouse. Think about that with your clients. At what point can you set things in some kind of a structure where it's understood that it's just not that serious, you know? Yes. And I'm not saying that's totally possible with clients. That really may not be. I mean, I deal with a lot of very serious issues with clients, but I find it interesting that in the middle of something that's very difficult, I can find a way to bring humor or lightness or something that really can celebrate the hard work that people do. And whether that is, I have one admin assistant that works for a big client of mine, and she has sometimes pretty rough days. And I, every time I call her, I'm like, I sing her name, you know, it's just silly. But I, and I'm putting myself out there and being vulnerable. Do you want people to think, oh, you're such a very professional person? Yeah, I, listen, I've got skills, right. but these are humans. Can we humanize yeah. this process? And right. just maybe lighten someone's day a little bit. Yeah. But so that's like one aspect of it. But the side of it that I'm asking people to kind of change their paradigm shift is, but can you plan that to some degree? Not plan as in like, and now we will be funny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? At 805. At 805 to 807, we will be funny. It's funny time. Right. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, they're also, you can't just hope it happens. Yeah, exactly. You have to have a plan that when you see it, you have decided in advance that you you value that thought so yes. that you will act on it and say, oh, well, how could I codify that? How could I make that a fun little thing? Someone broke some very dear mugs in this office this last week. <laughs> Who shall remain nameless? Oh, no, it was Layton. <laughs> oh, it was? Okay, very good. <laughs> and he's very sad. But all, all of us have been thinking is, okay, what funny thing are we going to do in order to go get new mugs? <laughs> because oh, we get fun. our mugs from the DAV or the Salvation Army or whatever, and we pick them because of the ridiculousness of them. Oh, nice. Just, See, that's a fun thing. It is. It's just, it, you know, he had, you know, he, he lost his have a perfect day mug <laughs> that had cats on it. <laughs> And then yesterday he busted my mug that is like this 70s rainbow going across and it says oh, retired Lord. doing it my way. <laughs> <laughs> so I am so sad at the loss of these. But you know what? All I'm thinking is this is going to provide us such a great reason for some kind of silliness. Oh, yeah. For, it's it's a perfect uh, excuse for an outing. Right, right. And I know people are like, oh, yeah, well, we can't do that. You're a creative company, so those kinds of things can't be done. Yes, they can. They can be done everywhere. Absolutely. They can be done in relationship. They can be done in marriage. They can be done with children. They can be done with friends. When I'm sitting talking with one of my clients about the radiation and oncology department, no, it may not be appropriate in that moment. <laughs> but right. you know what's funny about that kind of stuff? When you use a little bit of humor to humanize your interaction with people, people start thinking a little bigger. Yes. And so it's kind of, it, it, 
I think it flows into those other things and you get people to open up and you get people to to bring their true self to the meeting, to the culture, to whatever it is you're trying to, to do. So I know maybe that one seemed a little bit amorphous, but for me, I guess I would just say, look for a way to humanize whatever it is you're doing. I think what you said was absolutely pertinent. And I I think people oftentimes forget that element, Mm -hmm. that, that no matter what you're doing, I mean... There is always a chance to make it to make it fun or mm-hmm. lighten it up a little bit. I mean, obviously, like you said, if you're if you're in the middle of a really deep discussion about radiology, or mm-hmm. if you're a funeral planner, you don't want to be busting jokes <laughs> right. in the middle of your thing. Although I probably would, which is probably why I never became a funeral director. <laughs> uh, but you have to. I think you have to create an air because sometimes it can get so thick and so heavy that you lose sight of the bigger picture. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And I think it's not about, oh, life's too short. Okay. I mean, I hate to use these kinds of phrases. It's that's right. That's not it. To me, it's just, it's really engaging your whole self. Right. Embodying your feelings in the moment and yes. trying to be honest with them. That's what that comes down to. And I think that, you know, the opposite is true. It's just like, just because you think of a joke doesn't mean you need to say it. Right. Nobody likes that. That's not what I'm no. talking about. But I'm just talking about, you know, when there's an opportunity to do something fun, like we had, uh, we have a married couple who, who work here and they were leaving on a Hawaii trip. Well, we were supposed to have lunch together as a group for that day. Well, instead I went and bought pizza and the only pizza, I didn't even ask anybody what they wanted. The only thing I got was Hawaiian pizza. If you wanted to eat lunch with us, that's what we're getting. Because I thought that was funny. Listen, I I paid for lunch. If you don't like it, don't eat it. Right, <laughs> you know? exactly. And so it's, it's like just bringing humor into things like that with clients, leaving funny little things at their desk. Or, or you see something online that really you think could mean something to somebody. How can you humanize that experience and look for an opportunity to lighten it up a little bit? Yeah. Well, Priscilla, thank you for sharing all of these tips and tricks. Good Lord, this is like this is like one of those podcasts that I'm probably going to just keep on my desktop, like have a little shortcut to it all the time so I can listen to it and go over those things. It's been really, really fascinating, number one, to get inside your head a little bit more and see how you operate and see what I can personally, I mean, from, from my own personal standpoint, pull out and apply for 2016. I'm really excited about it. I hope it will make people approach New Year's resolutions a little differently. We leave it at the end. Are you going to do them? Are you thinking about it? Are you too scared to do them or whatever? Maybe you could tackle them differently this year. And maybe you could make them, but think about these things first before you you go into setting actual stringent goals. (laughs) Well, listeners, of course, we always want to hear feedback from you about what you've learned maybe over this past year or what are the goals that you're planning on setting for 2016. Now, as always, you can leave a comment on our Facebook page on the Little Bird website or wherever you downloaded this podcast from. And if you were looking for that perfect gift to give me for Christmas, (laughs) just in case, just in case, it would be a five-star rating on iTunes. Well, now you know what you can get Priscilla for Christmas and New Year's, and uh, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, let's let's throw in my birthday. I mean, you know, whatever. That's fine. Just, Just send me some kind of a celebration notice in the comments. There you go. See, now that's a way that you can give the gift that keeps on giving, I think. (laughs) So go to iTunes and uh, make sure that happens. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, the home of cage-free thinking, 
This is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day and an even better 2016. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.